The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of an elderly man with a poor memory to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is playing politics. Because it's we're at the self-imposed every <laughs> 11th. Uh-huh. How many 11s is 143? Uh, 13? 13. 13 11s. 13 11s. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. This one, it's... Well, we were kind of talking about it for quite a long time. few episodes it's been since we started yeah. talking about it, since you mentioned it. Yeah, this is the first of our new ones that we've made up slash identified that yeah, you the of the came up with yeah. slash identified. Yeah, well, insofar as I kind of said, yeah, there's something there surely about <laughs> playing politics because it keeps coming up and it keeps irking me and... It sounds like it's a fallacy the way that it's being used. Yeah. And at first I was like, nah, it doesn't sound like a fallacy to me. And then <laughs> and then gradually you wore me yeah. down over a period of weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good to know I'm encouraged in these, in these explorations. Yeah. Yeah. So what we, I think, decided, what my understanding yep. of it at least, and by mm-hmm. all means, tell me if you think you have a different understanding, is mm-hmm. that this is a kind of a form of thought-terminating cliché, a specific mm. version of that, where yep. someone will shut down debate on a, an argument or avoid engaging with an argument from the other side by accusing yep. them of playing politics, when yep. actually what they are doing in most cases is doing politics, which is doing an act of governance. Yeah. And yeah. by accusing them of playing politics, what you're saying is that they are doing something to make themselves look better or enrich themselves in some way. Exactly. Rather yes. than actually yes. doing their job of, of being a politician. Yes. Yeah. And also it's got kind of overtones or undertones of Machiavellian uh, intents when, you know, like if you're playing at office politics, you're doing stuff in a self-aggrandizing way in order to move up the ladder. So you can accuse other people of just doing stuff in order to get ahead. There's a focus on the personal Mm. benefit of it or the benefit to your side compared to the benefit to the people you're supposed to be working for, your your constituents. Yeah, because at at the height of uh, you know the level that we're talking about, your know, presidential and prime ministerial. You've reached the top of the ladder, so it's it's used as a yeah as a thought terminating cliche, as a way of diverting attention away from having to explain yourself, having to engage in the argument, having to to counter any accusations by just saying in making those accusations, you're just playing politics. Yeah, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, so. 
examples yeah. of people actually playing politics in my yeah. mind and i'm it happens on both sides i'm sure but yeah. for example trump trying to extort ukraine into mm-hmm. opening an investigation into biden that was yeah. using the machinations of politics yeah. to benefit himself he wasn't yes. doing that to help the usa he was doing it to get no. his political rival investigated yeah. and the thing is when people complain about that and say that this is not an okay thing to be doing, they then yeah. get accused of playing politics. <laughs> yes, which, and, and it's difficult to pin down what the person means by play. Well, what do you mean by playing politics? Once you say that, that's that's it. That's deemed by the sayer to be enough. Yeah, to I looked the argument. I looked into the origin of politics, the word being used in a negative sense like that to be yeah. saying that someone is doing something in a political way, yeah. meaning a negative. Yeah. And it's from the kind of mid 1800s that it started. And the reason I looked into that is because uh, one of the examples I was looking at for Fallacy in the Wild was a 1971 Michael Caine film called The Last Valley, which was set yeah. during the Thirty Years' War, which, as everyone knows, was 1618 to 1648. Yeah. And Michael Caine was doing a, an accent I don't think exists in nature. Um, <laughs> right. And, yeah. and he used the phrase playing politics. He accused the Pope of playing politics. Oh, OK. And I thought, well, that, this seems very early to be using a phrase like that. I don't think this exists. And uh, sure enough, it was like 200 years before people had started talking about <laughs> politics as a negative kind of way of right. doing that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And the other thing that we've noticed about this, it's very context dependent. Mm. In order to figure out whether this is someone genuinely accusing someone of playing politics because that's what they're doing, yeah. or whether yes, it's whether they, they're using yeah. it fallaciously, you have yeah. to know the motivations of the person who is being, being accused. accused. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so in that case, the Michael Caine accusing the Pope of playing politics, I had to figure out what the Pope at the time was doing and whether that yeah, was yeah. badly political. Turns out it was. I think it was Pope Urban, the last Pope Urban, right. who who was very kind of nepotistic in terms of getting his friends and family lots of money and, not, and powerful not quite the positions. Borders, but but kind of there. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. was a a fair accusation and therefore it isn't one of mm. our examples. Because Michael right. Caine's character was using exactly it accurately. Was, yeah not yeah. as yeah. a way of deflecting or stopping and, debate. And two centuries ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that yeah. means that you do have to understand the context behind the accusation of it, which made it yeah. take yeah. quite a lot longer to find the examples. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> and also to be kind of short, because at the same time we were, the meaning that we were, we understood it to contain was also at the same time kind of coalescing yes. and, beco- and and becoming a bit more solid. So there, so each each example you find gets you somewhere towards the, uh, a stronger definition, and then you think, ah, oh, actually, what that does is reveal a whole bunch more examples. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So maybe that. I mean, I hope I mean. Yeah. that that's the value of the examples that we give you in every episode is that we can explain yeah. something pretty quickly, and this could be a five-minute podcast yeah. where we just say this yeah. is a logical fallacy and explain what the fallacy is. But yeah, the examples hopefully show you how it's used in real life. Yeah. And in, yeah you know, in politics and in TV and stuff. And that gives you a clearer understanding of the range of ways that people use it. Yeah. And actually, I wonder whether many of the fallacies that we've looked at all require a lot of context. And we just have got used to that. That's definitely true to some extent. 
Uh, it's certainly more true of informal fallacies. Uh, we'll, right. we'll be doing next week, next episode, yep. we'll be doing an, a yep. formal fallacy, which we don't do very many of. And formal fallacies yeah. are ones where the, the form itself, the form of the argument, means mm. that it is fallacious. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's using formal logic, I guess. That's yes, absolutely. What, where it comes from, it is yeah. about yeah. the form of the argument. Whereas informal, mm. it's not about the form; it's about how it's used, and and therefore context is important. It's almost always important to some extent. It seems in this case, I think, to be more than usual. So, yeah. our first example right. this yeah. week, ironically, because one of the biggest bit of playing politics that's happening at the moment is the Republicans messing around with border security and and asking for stuff and then voting against it when they get it, is Trump talking about border security. Congress must fully fund border security in the year-ending funding bill. We have to to get this done. They're playing games. They're playing political games. I actually think the politics of what they're doing is very bad for them, but we're going to very soon find out. Maybe I'm not right, but usually I'm right. So this was the end of 2018 when they were trying to agree a funding package that would fund the government. This was what led to the 35-day government shutdown, the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, because Trump was asking for $5.7 billion in federal funds for his wall. And Democrats, true to what they'd been saying his entire presidency, were saying, we're not funding the wall. It's a fucking stupid child's idea of security. <laughs> there are better ways yep. to spend that money. We're not doing it. Yeah. So that wasn't plain politics, arguably, mm-hmm. because they were sticking to what they genuinely believed was the right thing to do for security and for, for the use of that money. Yep. What the Senate did then was they unanimously passed an appropriations bill for, for more funding for the government without that $5.7 billion for the wall. Yeah. The House looked likely to also pass that, which would have then funded the government, and Trump Mm -hmm. said that he would sign it. But Mm -hmm. conservative media all said, basically, oh, he's totally kind of backing down. He's not standing up to them about the wall. wall. Yeah, Yeah. Dan Bongino, who was standing in for um, Tucker, I think, on Fox, said, oh, Mm -hmm. he's, you know, this is just not his, this is not the way that that he said he was going to do it. And Anne Coulter came out and said he called him gutless. Uh, she said right. that his administration would just have been a joke presidency who scammed the American people. Rush Limbaugh uh, got in on the action. He said Trump's going to get less than nothing. The Drudge Report argued against it. And so because Trump was afraid of looking bad in front of all his yeah. right-wing friends, he went yeah. back on what he'd said and decided he wouldn't sign the bill that the Senate had already passed mm-hmm. and continued to demand the $5.7 billion. The House then created a new bill, including the funding, passed it because they had the, the Republicans had control of the House. Basically, that, it was going to get blocked in the Senate because they didn't have the votes. Yeah. So yeah. it was never going to go anywhere. They knew that. And Trump then spent the next 20 days blaming the Democrats for him refusing to sign the thing that the, the government had already <laughs> agreed, had agreed on to. Yeah. because the right-wing media said he looked like a loser. So, yeah. So that's him accusing the Democrats of playing politics over funding the border. But doing it himself. Yeah. Yes, there's a lot of that involved, I think, with this notion of playing politics because part of the playing politics is playing to the gallery. 
it's it's about looking good. Yeah. So our second example yeah. is a tweet from Trump, April 16th of 2020. Mm-hmm. Democrats are blocking additional funding for the popular Paycheck Protection Program. They are killing American small businesses. Stop playing politics, Dems. Support refilling PPP now. It is out of funds. Mm-hmm. The Paycheck Protection Program helped businesses to get loans so that they could continue to pay their workers during the pandemic. Right. Yeah. That ran out of money because there's only so much money. Yeah. And so they wanted to, to refill it. And the Democrats wanted to make sure that that money didn't only go to big businesses. Yes. That had relationships with banks that they might be able to get loans from anyway. Yeah. And things like that. They wanted to make sure that it got to smaller banks who would give it smaller businesses, community-based mm-hmm. lenders yep. and credit unions. And also they wanted in that funding bill for dealing with COVID fallout, they wanted to yep. continue to fund hospitals. They wanted to give $100 billion to hospitals and yep. increase coronavirus testing and things like that. So that's what they were, they were arguing for. And why they voted against the Republican bill, which simply added another $250 billion to the PPP pot. Yeah. So he's right that they blocked additional funding for the PPP. Mm-hmm. And the reason they were doing that was because negotiations weren't over. They were still trying to negotiate with the Republicans to get more stuff. And the yep. Republicans went, yep. here's a bill, sign this one. And they went, no, we're not signing that one. Keep talking to us yep. about more stuff. Yeah. Is that plain politics? No. I don't feel like it is. Because the, the Republicans have blocked the border security thing which contained all the things they asked for because, and we know this specifically because it's been said by bo- by plenty of Republicans and mm. by people who, who are aware of Donald Trump's feelings about this, that they've blocked border security funding because Trump has asked them to because it would make Biden look good if they yeah. fund it. But yeah. It would be a win for Biden and he doesn't want that. He wants them to still be able to campaign on the border being a at a crisis so yeah. that's playing politics <laughs> that's yeah. using politics yeah. to make yourself look better and your opponent look worse yeah trying to negotiate for a better deal for your constituents yeah and holding up those fast tracking of by pointing yeah. out that there are bits missing and it that and that having done it before the uh, reported experience is that it's going to people that can afford to do it anyway they yes. don't they're not in need of that it's the, it's actually the the small businesses that are being killed by by it just going to the big banks essentially yeah yes. yeah so it ought to be looked at more closely and it's the job of the opposition to employ checks and balances and hold any legislation to account and ask questions yeah if you sign the first thing that isn't a negative then you're not yeah. you're not necessarily yeah. getting the best thing. Yeah. What you want is the best thing. Yeah, and you want to keep talking about why this isn't the, this one isn't yeah. the best thing because it's not suiting these employers. And consequently, by by not signing that two hundred fifty billion bill, mm-hmm. five days later, they did sign a four hundred eighty four billion dollar bill, right, which fully funded the PPP program to the tune of 320 yep. billion yep. of which 60 billion was set aside specifically for community-based lenders smaller banks and credit unions that would the, give smaller uh, businesses yeah. who don't American have an established relationship yeah. with uh, big banks a better yep. chance of accessing those loans it also 
gave $75 billion to help overwhelmed hospitals and $25 billion to set up new coronavirus testing programmes. So by delaying for less than a week, they got a lot more of the stuff they wanted, which would help real Americans with the things that they needed. Yeah. Our third example is Republicans whenever there's a mass shooting. Because understandably, Democrats tend to use the fact that mass shootings are in the news to say, isn't it time we did something about guns and gun and increased gun control, increased background checks, did some kind of gun control legislation? Because that's when there is an appetite for it, when people are thinking, how can this keep happening? And of yep. course, because yep. Republicans want to shut down that conversation, they call that playing politics. They call right. asking for genuine life-saving legislation that will address this issue playing politics. Yeah. After the Las Vegas mass shooting, Jim Jordan said, the aftermath of a shocking and unimaginable tragedy like what just happened in Las Vegas is not the time to play politics. No, it's the time to do no, politics. Quite right. Yes, exactly, yes. It's the time to bring in some sort of legislation to stop it happening. And this is Ted Cruz after the Parkland shooting. The reaction of Democrats to any tragedy is to try to politicize it. So they immediately start start calling that we've got to take away the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens. That's that's not the right answer. It's always time to talk about gun control in the US. It's the most effective time when it that's in the news yeah and to republicans that's the time you can't talk about it because talking about yeah, it then is playing politics that's playing politics yeah yes just this week with the kansas city shooting bill eigel state senator in missouri he tweeted to the liberal gun grabbers already trying to use this kc tragedy to push your radical gun control agenda hear me now not in missouri one good guy with a gun could have stopped the evil criminals who opened fire on the crowd immediately. Guns don't kill people. Thugs and criminals kill people. So that one, one good guy with yep. a gun argument is slightly yep. undercut by the fact that there were 800 armed police at the parade. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. guy that, that took down one of the shooters was just an unarmed parade guy. Just a guy. Right. It's very much them doing the playing politics thing and accusing yeah. the other side of playing yeah. the politics. So he's tweeting, let's not politicise tragedy to your own ends. And in the process, politicising the tragedy. Absolutely. And just a few years ago, Obama said something after, I can't even remember which mass shooting it was, but he he went on TV and said, you know, there'll be calls... People will accuse me of politicising this. Yeah. Let's politicise this. <laughs> yes, because who else is going to fix this yeah. other than politicians? And incidentally, Bill Eigel, who sent that tweet, the Missouri yep. state senator, that's not even the stupidest thing he said this week. <laughs> right. Because they had a debate about uh, abortion in Missouri, in the state house, mm-hmm. and uh, his argument to why there should be zero exceptions for rape or incest, Mm. is that a one-year-old could get an abortion if you allow exceptions. Hmm? Because he thinks babies can get pregnant? I'm not sure. I'm not sure which bit of anything he doesn't understand. Most likely everything he doesn't understand. But that was his... That was like he was trying to take it to the absurd result... And went a little too far, I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, or maybe we could be accused of playing politics <laughs> if we point out that kind of stuff. Yeah. And 
Now is the time, I think, for Marx's British politics. Corner. So this is kind of where it all came from, because uh, Sunak has accused Starmer of playing politics at least seven times in the last year. So I've put a montage together of the four times he, he accused him of that in winter 2022-23, and the three times in spring-summer 2023. As ever, engaging in the petty personality politics. Last week, I offered him Labour votes to pass these housing targets. Because this is bigger than politics. In 12 hours' time, there's a nurses' strike. All he needs to do is meet the nurses. His inaction speaks volumes. As ever with this Prime Minister, it's Tory politics first, patients second. The Health Secretary and other ministers have engaged fully, not just with the unions, but with an independent pay-setting process, which takes the politics out of the process and ensures that we can meet those independent requirements with a fair pay deal. He's not even promising an NHS that puts patients first like it did under Labour. No, he's promising that, that one day, although we can't say when, their record high waiting list will stop growing. That's it. When it comes to the NHS, it's crystal clear. The Conservatives on the side of patients, Labour on the side of their union paymasters. We're protecting public services against undisruptive strike action, Mr Speaker, and we have new laws to stop the boats. What has he done? He's voted against every single one of those. And that's the difference between us. While he's working on the politics, we're working for the British people. And that's the difference between him and me. He's focused on petty politics. I'm delivering for Britain. But that is the difference between us, Mr Speaker. While he is always focused on the politics, we are actually just getting on and doing the job. So as you can see, it kind of changed tone. It just became a whole thing of I'm doing... I'm, that's the difference between us. He's on the politics, I'm doing the plan, which is a bit disingenuous because his pledges slash his plan not going quite so well. <laughs> so he's kind of going for, you know, Simon's got no plan. But it's not primarily the opposition's job to come up with a plan. That's the government's job. The opposition's job is to hold the government and their plan to account and try to effect some change in those, in well, certainly in, in the UK, in the draconian strike laws and the inhumane immigration laws, which led to the Rwanda bill, what Sunak accuses Starmer of doing in playing politics, Starmer is so when he says and he voted against all of those things, he's well he well he didn't. It's a bit more nuanced than that. What he did was to, to say that what you're doing is taking away the right of employees to withdraw their labour in order to petition for better working conditions. And that was about the nurses' strike. Yeah. But if you want to do that, then you're playing politics because you're not letting them get the bills through unopposed. Yeah. And the weird thing is that the first one it starts with, he's playing petty politics as usual and opposing all of this stuff. And uh, Starmer, which was about imposing housing, no, not a cap, the, the opposite of that. It's just saying here, here, you've got to produce this many affordable houses. Each and every developer that builds uh, a new development has to produce a certain percentage of affordable housing, which is you know it's euphemistically called affordable housing, because the implication is that every other house is unaffordable, but it's it's social housing. The, it used to be that 
local councils that were funded by central government and local government would build houses. They would become council houses. So that, that was social housing for people that didn't want to buy. They would just rent and they would rent from the council. That all got done away with by Margaret Thatcher, who said you should just sell them off. So now developers build houses in return for the developers keeping a lot of the profit in when they sell the houses they've got to build a certain amount of houses for affordable housing and Starmer and Sunak wanted to put in place a quota and say right you've got to have this many percentage like I think it was something like 40 percent or something it was it nearly went through and Starmer said great we I will even whip the Labour Party to vote for the government, for yeah. this legislation. And then Sunak got his head turned around, not un, not unlike Trump, by various lobbyists, uh, building developers, and changed his mind. And then accused Starmer of playing politics by opposing this and characterising it as something other than not putting quotas in. <laughs> And, and Starmer said, well, hang on a minute, I'm not playing politics. You forget that last week I gave you the votes for this. You've changed your mind now. So, yeah. Oh, man. Whenever Sunak accuses him of playing politics, he's the one playing politics because I think it's he still needs to look good in the eyes of his backbenchers, in the eyes of his party. He needs to look like the strong man. So he'd accuse, and every time he does, you get this baying um, throng of his backbenchers that make this <laughs> somewhere between a yeah, somewhere between a playground yeah. and a farmyard noise. Yeah. Which and Sunak loves it; he absolutely loves that. And you can see that he's worked out what will trigger that response. And actually, I watched one of these fallacies of playing politics, fairly being created in front of our eyes this week. In the first week in February, trans girl Brianna Jai, murderers, was sentenced to life in prison. And Brianna's mother was in the House of Commons during Prime Minister's questions. And Sunak was doing the whole thing about Starmer and his U-turns. And he said this, whilst Brianna's mum is in the House. I think I counted almost 30 in the last year. Pensions, planning, peerages, public sector pay, tuition fees, childcare, second referendums, defining a woman. Although, although in fairness, that was only 99% of a U-turn. The, the list goes on, but the theme is the same, Mr Speaker. It's empty words, broken promises and absolutely no plan. Of all the weeks to say that, when Brianna's mother is in this chamber, shame, parading as a man of integrity when he's got absolutely no responsibility. Absolutely. Of all... Brianna's mum, I thought, was inspiring and it showed the very best of humanity. I have nothing but the most heartfelt sympathy for her entire family and, and friends. You know, but to use that tragedy to detract from the very separate and clear point I was making about Keir Starmer's proven track record of multiple U-turns on major policies because he doesn't have a plan, I think is both sad and wrong. 
and it demonstrates the worst of politics. Well, that, there's Sunak himself demonstrating the worst of politics. Yeah. The in, fact that in... he pointed out that I used yeah. a transphobic dog whistle in front of a trans of a murdered trans girl's parent. <laughs> Yeah, is the, is yep. the worst of politics. Yeah, no, the fact that he pointed that out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That he pointed it out. Not yeah. that I did it. No, no, that no. wasn't the worst no. bit. No, the fact that Starmer he drew used attention that to, to it. Score political points. Yeah, draw, yeah. Which because <sighs> well, he was he was like doing the list, and then he he spent more time on that one. And Starmer is just he's he's at a loss for words. He's. He's yeah, really he's, angry. He's I've not, not seen him as, yeah. and especially in PMQs, he's, he's yeah. he usually he's, keeps his composure very well. Yeah, he was really he pissed off. That the, fact that, that. the fact that the baying, you know, school kids on the the Tory backbenches all just went, ooh, teachers really angry. So okay, so here we go. So this is uh, another example: is dealing with food poverty in January 2020. Uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg accuses UNICEF. Um, you know, the international children charity uh, of playing politics. I think it's a real scandal that UNICEF should be playing politics in this way when it is meant to be looking after people in the poorest, the most deprived countries in the world where people are starving, where there are famines and where there are civil wars and they make cheap political points of this kind, giving, I think, £25,000 to one council. It is a political stunt of the lowest order. But what has this government done about child poverty? We are committed to our manifesto pledge to reduce child poverty. Since 2010 to 2018-19, there are 100,000 fewer children in absolute poverty in this country. This is a record of success of conservatism, and UNICEF should be ashamed of itself. UNICEF is a charity to look after the children in the poorest and most destitute countries. So rather than saying this is a bit of a wake-up call, that UNICEF are having to do this in the UK because what that does is make the UK, puts the UK on the the same footing as those countries outside of the UK that are underserving their children and families. So the grant, yes, they did pledge £25,000 for South London charity to help supply breakfast boxes over the Christmas holidays. This is So this is 2020 and it's... During COVID, schools are closed down. Those eligible for free school meals aren't getting the free school meals because there's no school. And so they said, well, we'll do this. And they also said it's the first time in our 70-year history that we've had to make such an intervention in the UK. And they spent 700000 in total in the UK. But note also... The Child Poverty Action Group reports that 350,000 more children, uh, over and above the 100,000 that he says have been lifted out of poverty, 350,000 were pulled into poverty in 2021-22, largely because the government cut the £20 universal credit uplift halfway through that year. Yeah. Child poverty is, has gone way up worse yep. over the last... Yep. Uh, tenure. Where since, is he getting since, his figures from? Well, well, yeah, but it's true to say that it was, it did go down over that bit, but it's gone way up since since then. Yeah. What from? Yeah, mainly, so is he? Was he yeah. stopping? I mean, he was drawing a line over COVID, was he? Like stopping he was drawing it? Drawing like a short of COVID. Yeah. Yes. Stop. So, so just, to just before COVID, yeah. we were doing yeah. really well. Completely yeah. ignore the fact that that happened, and we fucked yeah, that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's why it's much. It's worse now than it was yeah. in. It's much worse now than it was in 2010, 2011. Yeah. It's yeah. 4.2 million children are in poverty. Fucking hell. Up from 3.6 million in 2010-11. I wondered if maybe he was yeah. just counting those specific children and, and over the last 10 years a lot of them have aged out of being children so aren't counted in the child's poverty figures 100, now. Yeah, 100,000 100, of them are now adults. So no we adult, don't have to count the them poverty children. figures. They're starving adults now. Yeah. So, yes. Fucking yeah. hell. And then to say that it's a it's a political act. There's something in the use of the fallacy that reveals consciences being pricked and shortcomings being identified and people doing things that fill the gaps left by government who should be doing it or governments who create a society where it can happen. And it's they do this in order to distract from accusations of neglect. So those are delivering to a need are told to stop playing politics. He's making it a political point. It isn't a political point other than him playing politics to make it a political point in order to distract from the dearth of uh, provision coming from the government. And similarly, in July 2021, the England soccer team lost in the UEFA Euros final on penalties against Italy and Natalie Elphick, Tory MP for Dover, WhatsApp this about Marcus Rashford, who played in the England team. A WhatsApp group between 275 MPs, which show one member's view of Marcus Rashford. Natalie Epic, the Conservative MP for Dover, WhatsApp the group saying they lost. Would it be ungenerous to suggest Rashford should have spent more time perfecting his game and less time playing politics? He wasn't playing politics at all. He was campaigning for the government to continue to provide free school meals to vulnerable eligible pupils throughout the school holidays during the COVID pandemic. They're in the vulnerable category. They're getting free school meals because their parents don't have access to funds. They're even less access to funds when COVID was hit because nobody was going to work. And so he was saying that the provision should be made. It would, you know, why don't you just do that? Why? Don't you? And the government kind of resisted it. And that sparked Rashford's campaign. Eventually, Boris's government U-turned and did exactly what he'd asked for and then congratulated Rashford for his tenacity. And he was awarded for an MBE. He was awarded an MBE for the work he did in that regard, despite the fact that they were the ones that were blocking the thing he advocated for and accused him of playing politics when he should have been playing football. The thing is, I, I think this is one where, because ah. we talked about this being used outside of politics, which we'll talk about yep. uh, when we get yep. to Fantasy in the Wild. And, and mm. I feel like this is people being accused of, um, like yep. people who, who aren't in politics, getting a bit involved in politics, doing something slightly right. political. And so yep. I think this is an accusation which is levelled at people who uh, they say, oh, you know, stay out of politics. You're not, you're, this yep. isn't your job, essentially. Stick to your lane. Yep. Which yeah, yeah. Which they didn't throw at Donald Trump, the, the game show host. Um, <laughs> but, but they do throw... All the time that uh, he and, was... Yeah. He, yeah, and, yeah. And they will repeatedly interview people like John Voigt and, and Scott Bayo on Fox... But argue uh, yeah, that Taylor Swift yeah, yeah. should stay out of politics. Yeah, and yeah. and I think this is a different thing. I don't think this is people oh, okay. being accused of playing politics in the same way. 
yeah. because their yeah. job isn't to do politics. I think playing politics is right. like you're you are playing at it. You're not really doing it properly. Right. I, and I think yeah. in a way these people are being accused of doing politics when it's not their job. <laughs> right. Not, yeah, uh, not yeah. actually of playing politics. Ah, interesting. Yeah. An angry party spits no thing but blame, and in your eyes a look I see again. And if you'd not said those words, photos might stay. But as you turn to speak, politics are played. MPs dance their way around the truth I sit and watch it all get so uncouth You've no more friends to suggest you stay And as the clock runs down, politics are played While you keep hurting us by clinging to your pride Starmer's been waiting there And you drove us to his side You couldn't say the things You should have meant Shouldn't to get control Of your backbench You'll see all the distrust That you piled The polls will close and you'll be left to find fallacies in the wild. And you'll be left to find fallacies in the wild. Matt Monroe there with the music played. So in the fallacy in the wild, we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective. And obviously that's pretty difficult this week. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, we're talking about playing <laughs> politics. So yeah. each of these have a political... <laughs> aspect to them the first is from the shield mm-hmm. and this is i think season one of the shield acevedo the captain is considering running for city council there's been a, a double murder in an area which is underserved by the police and mm-hmm. a spokesperson or a kind of assistant to the current city council member is involving herself in the case and wants to hear for example why it took so long for emergency services to arrive after the 911 call, right. so she comes to the barn to find out more about it. Karen! <sighs> I was hoping you had some new information by now. Unfortunately, no. Well, what about the 911 tapes? They're on the way. We've been trying to find Melissa Kramer before she gets her own tape. Oh. Well, I'd like to listen to them with you. Two women are dead, David. I hope we're not playing politics here. So she kind of implicitly uh, accuses him of playing politics in hesitating yeah. when he, she says she wants to listen to the 911 tapes. And the thing is, I think he kind of is a bit because she is supposedly the current city council member's hand-picked uh, replacement for him and therefore probably right. will be running against David in the, in the um, primary coming up. Uh-huh, um, right. So... And and so Acevedo, as the current police captain, will look bad if his force did a bad job yeah. in this. And then the council member can possibly use it against him in the future. But, right. but his force probably did do a bad job. And, and, yeah. and what they really want to do is find the bad guys. But also, on his side of it, 
I don't know how common it is or how okay it is for the council member or a member of their staff to listen to 911 calls with the police. I think that's that seems yeah. to be playing politics. <laughs> yeah. That's why she wants yeah. to get involved in the case. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is so that she can look good to her constituents. Exactly. So yes. so in in him hesitating of like should I let this politician involve yep. herself in this our uh, crime solving? Yeah. I'm not sure to what extent he's doing it because he wants to cover his own ass or whether he's actually thinking is this the right thing to do to let her get involved mm. or not. So So actually so that seems to uphold my theory that when somebody says accuses somebody of playing politics it's to cover up the fact that they're not doing politics. Kind of. Yeah, I mean she hasn't yeah. really got any particular reason to be there listening to the to the stuff other than no. that she can then go back to the, the her constituents and say oh I've I've oh, sorted yeah. this for you you know I've yeah, I'm, yeah, 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 I'm exactly. making sure that the police do what they're supposed to be doing yeah so. if, which which you know if, if that was <laughs> Suella Braverman that would be you know she'd be stirring the culture wars yeah. as, as a deliberate act to say it took me to intervene yeah. for them to do the investigation that they yeah, should her, be doing her are taking part in this has no effect on the investigation at all. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And yeah. makes her look better than those pesky bloody police who are trying to not keep a lid on it to protect themselves. They're not playing politics in keeping the lid on it. They're keeping the lid on it because they're thinking, would this, might this compromise, should this come to trial, would that compromise the, the evidence base yeah. somehow? Yeah. Although yeah. arguably, because no, no one in the shield, well, very few of the characters in the shield are like great people, right? <laughs> Acevedo is right. Uh, is yeah. really probably also thinking about his own political career. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they're all. Let's <laughs> just call it <laughs> politics. Yeah, that's uh-huh. the shield they're putting up, isn't it? That they're uh-huh. defending themselves against yeah. accusations of playing politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So our second <laughs> example is from Don't Look Up. Ah. And this is a kind of aside. It's not the main story, but this yeah. is an interview that a journalist is doing with Chris Evans, who is playing an actor in a a kind of disaster movie that's that's meteor based, and right. it's being released yeah. at the same time. and And he's wearing a badge that is considered political within the movie. I know a lot of Hollywood is supporting the Just Look Up movement, mm. but I haven't seen a pin like that. Yeah, yeah. This pin, this pin points both up. And down. Because I think as a country, we need to stop arguing and, and, and virtue signaling. Just get along. That is so refreshing. Mm. I think we're all tired of the politics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why we made Total Devastation. It's for everyone. You know, it's a popcorn move. <laughs> so his argument <laughs> is that, that wearing a, essentially both sidesism as a badge... Yeah. is because is everyone's tired of the politics and it's just time we kind of we put that aside and got along and and that's that and stop virtue yeah. signaling and i think yeah i think virtue signaling is arguably mm. the 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 non-political version of this in that people are accused right. of it when yeah. you are what they're what you're claiming when you accuse someone of virtue signaling is you are you don't really believe what you're saying yeah, yeah. You're just you're, doing you're it just to make yourself to look, look good. good. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. you're pretending to support 
LGBTQ or you know yeah. women or whatever. You don't really think that. You just think that people will think that you're mm. a good person if you say these things. And and yeah. that's the kind of same thing as pl- playing politics in that they're they're accusing politicians of doing a thing that will make them look good rather than than actually. Yeah. believing it or doing the real work yeah so around the around the time of uh marcus thrashford being accused of playing politics there was a whole uh exchange about kind of virtue they didn't they said political gesturing was yeah. their version of virtue signaling vis-a-vis taking the knee or worst of all rishi sunak wearing an england shirt <laughs> at, at yeah. a match over his shirt and tie <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. So I, I'm not. I'm not saying virtue signaling doesn't isn't a real thing. Doesn't exist. People don't do it. Yeah. But um, assuming that someone doesn't actually believe what they're saying and is just saying a thing to look good. Yeah. If they're not doing that, I think it's fallacious and it's doing this, this fallacy. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Our third example is uh, entirely political because it's from the West Wing. <laughs> yeah. And this is, I think it might be the final series where. Santos is up against Vinick, Matt mm-hmm. Santos versus Arnold Vinick, and there has been a problem at a nuclear facility in California, and people are talking about how this should be talked about in the media by the politicians. Josh, by this point, is working on the Santos campaign mm-hmm. and finds something out about Vinick. Vinick lobbied for federal approval for San Andreo 25 years ago. He's the reason the plant's there. When is this going to break? I don't know. Press is kind of preoccupied. We don't want to nudge them along. We could put it out, yeah. But then he could hit us back for playing politics with a mushroom cloud. If the press finds it on its own, it'll be 900 times bigger. And what if they don't find it? They will. This isn't politics. This is policy. Those places are unsafe. It's a legitimate point. So Santos's mm-hmm. wife's argument is... Mm-hmm that it's actually okay to put this out to the press, that their opponent lobbied for this nuclear plant to be built, which is now having problems, because, you know, it's a a legitimate point. It's it's not, this isn't, we're not playing politics if we tell the press about this. Obviously, it's his political opponent. So Mm -hmm. it's the, the... fallout from it without for want of a better word is yeah. <laughs> is that it yeah. would benefit their campaign at the expense yeah. of yeah. Phoenix. Josh says if we did that we'd be accused of playing politics. Playing politics. And in yeah. fact is a little bit playing politics in saying let's let the press find it on their own. That yeah, would yeah, be better yeah. for us. We'll look, you know we will yeah. look better yeah. by doing that. And because he's right. Doesn't come from us. Yeah. Cuz cuz a couple of scenes later we cut to Vinick's campaign staff who are having this conversation. They're killing us out there. And they still don't know our guy helped get that plan approved in the first place. I know Josh Lyman. There is a reason he is camped out in Florida, the swingingest of swing states. Santos is going to whack us. Then we hit him back for politicizing a national disaster. It's a big roll of the dice on one week pair of knees. Trust me. Josh has the political equivalent of Tourette's syndrome. He can't help himself. We wait for his next spasm, then we strike back. Yeah, Bruno. They are strategizing, accusing mm-hmm. Josh of playing politics when yeah. he reveals to the press the thing that they don't want to get out about their candidate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, and their, yeah. Their, their plan is to, to <laughs> accuse him of politicizing a tragedy. Yeah, <laughs> of, of playing politics. So uh-huh. they're playing politics in order to... Show that they're not doing politics. Yeah. Yeah. Because, the, <laughs> yes, the politics that went on was Alan Alder approving the nuclear facility. Yeah. 
And to show that the Democrats in the show are not actually playing politics, the yeah. phone call that he gets at the end there is to yeah. invite his candidate, Vinick, to yeah. travel to California with the president because he's current the current California senator. So they yeah. asked the senator from the state to accompany right. the president. And Santos yeah. will not get to go on that trip because he isn't. He's, he's in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bartlett, the good Democrat president... Yeah. Yeah. is so focused on doing the right thing instead of making yeah. his side look good, he recognises mm-hmm. that that will benefit Vinick's campaign to be there on on the ground yeah. with the president and Santos won't be there, but it's the right yeah. thing to do. So that's what he's going to do. Yeah, but also once the press get that story, they won't be able to accuse Bartlett of playing politics. Yeah. So is that a political move <laughs> his part? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Right, before we move on to fake news this week, a couple of things. The first thing is our Oscars pool is now open. If you go to fallaciousdrump.com slash Oscars, you can sign up, you can choose which of the uh, films you think are going to win in each of the different categories, and we will all compete, as we have done for the last couple of years, uh, to see who is the best at predicting. Yeah, yeah, and also it's a way to, you know, because we pride ourselves on our film nerdiness <laughs> but also i don't have a good track record with this as per usual i kind of take umbrage at uh i tend to vote for who i think ought to win should win won't bloody win but they really should and and in the in the process accuse the entire hollywood film industry <laughs> of playing politics it's not stood me in good stead <laughs> but they're a bit because i'm completely sold on one or two of the animations I'm thinking that's just brilliant because i think it's brilliant it yeah. to, it, therefore it's going to win whereas you're uh, a more sort of what are they going to think that is the right and then consequently come out top well, I'm not. I'm not the reigning champion. Paul C is currently oh, yes, the champion. Yes, he yes. won last year. Yeah. Uh, but but I did come second, and I came first for uh, in uh, twenty twenty two. So yeah, I I hope to place high. But it is just yeah. bragging rights. There's no prize for this. No. It's just to have fun and compete and see who does best. But but that's also not the all prize actually about. is yes. Yeah, because because yeah. what we will do is for every entry yep. that we get, we will donate five dollars to charity in general. We usually do this year because it's an election year. We're doing yep. when we all vote. They're a get out the vote organisation because turnout is important, and mm-hmm. ideally with a higher turnout, there's a better chance of Democrats winning. Yeah. The other thing that we're going to do is that we normally do a kind of giving patron money to charity in kind of September time. Yeah. And we're going to do that again, but we're going to do it this year for our March patron money. And the reason is because Mm -hmm. we're also going to give that to when we all vote. And it's going to make more of a difference if we do it now than just before the election. Mm. So if you've been thinking about maybe becoming a patron, if you're already a patron but have been thinking about increasing your patron subscription... Or if you just want to increase it for one month and then drop it again, all the money we take in through Patreon for March, we will be donating to when we all vote, along with $5 for every person who joins in our Oscars pool at fallaciousdrump.com slash Oscars. And, And, yeah, amazing bonus. Because I I will be donating that through my work. We have a system Mm -hmm. where they will match any Mm. donation. 
So essentially mm. that is doubled. Mm. So it'll be the equivalent of twice our monthly patron money yep. plus £10 per person who joins in the Oscars pool. So if yep. you'd like to help with donating a reasonable amount of money, we're not a huge yeah. podcast, but that'll be a few hundred quid at least yep. to the get out the vote process then you can join in by doing that, yeah. by either joining in with the Oscars pool or upping your patron. Do you think about just kind of upping it for one month even, and sure. then you know, you're upping it, and then that, that you will guarantee that it will be doubled. It will be well worth it. And, you know, thanks again to all our patrons for being patrons. If you're not a patron, there's a vast library of stuff that you could get access to, plus you get um, extra bonus bits on these episodes and we do an episode every week as well for patrons. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. What you could do is join up mm-hmm. just for a month yep. and challenge yourself there you go. in that month to consume all of the bonus material that we've ever put out <laughs> over the last 143 yeah. episodes. See, I, I'm yeah. not sure there's physically enough time. You maybe could no. listen to it at one and a half speed or something. It's, it might. Yeah, it's BS. You know, <laughs> it's bad enough trying to watch all the Oscar films in the intervening period without doing that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yes, I know. That's that would be a good challenge. Yeah. You know, that's we should let us know we should, if you survive yeah. it. <laughs> if you or or whether it's preferable to just chuck ice water over yourself. <laughs> So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody, as well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. So instead of bringing about real substantial differences in the world, this is, is purely designed to make fun of the democratic institutions, to, to, to game the system of government, if you like. We are literally playing politics right now well <laughs> well you are i'm not of course <laughs> yeah yeah we could call this game playing politics really couldn't we that would just be virtue signaling <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. our theme this week okay is trump's views on crime and how bad right. it is in the uh, u.s given that he's contributed so yeah, much yeah. to it ironically yeah <laughs> yeah he yeah. doesn't talk about that but uh, well, I mean, he does. Yep. He fucking won't mm. stop talking about yeah. that part. But he's he, <laughs> yeah. in these quotes, he focuses mm-hmm. more on crime committed by other people. Okay. So, statement number one. Yeah. What's happening with crime is it's through the roof, and it's called migrant. I call it a new category. I just came up with that name, but I think it's appropriate. It's a new category of crime where they go and they beat up police officers. You've seen that. They go and they stab people, hurt people, shoot people. It's a whole new form. And they have gangs now that are making our games look like small potatoes, okay? Because Joe Biden allowed this to happen. We will call it, from now on, Biden migrant crime, okay? It's migrant crime. This is, we'll call it, I got it, migrant. Let's call it migrant. Biden crime. Bi- oh, that's good. That's smart. <laughs> Yeah, makes our games look like small potatoes. He just loves coming. Migrant, I call it his new character. I just came up with that name, but no, no. And then migrant. Uh, yeah, okay, all right, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Statement number two. Mm-hmm. Our Democrat-run cities are really going to hell. They're going to hell. When you look at stores being looted by hundreds of people that run into the stores and run out with television sets and our great policemen aren't allowed to do anything. They want to, but they're not allowed. 
They don't want to lose their families. They don't want to lose their sons and daughters and their houses and their pensions and all of that. And they could stop it very quickly. And we just allow them to roam in and roam out. Everybody's out there. You have cameras. These same cameras are out there shooting these people walking out with television sets. And and we allow them to roam in and roam out? (laughs) Okay. So the policemen, they want to, because they don't want to lose their families. Okay, right, all right. And statement number three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're the party of crime. They let murderers and rapists go free. They let... The open borders mean people are coming from all over who have been let out of prison from South America, the Middle East, from Congo. Oh, hello. Mm -hmm. What part of Congo are you from? Prison. Oh, great. (laughs) So, of course, crime is like nobody's ever seen. You can't even believe the numbers. It's like a rocket ship. And if the police even mention the words law enforcement, they get told to just stand aside and let it happen, while large packs of sadistic criminals and thieves systematically rob and steal and roam the streets. Right, can't believe the numbers. It's like a rocket ship, like numbers are. You get, yeah, you get arrested for just mentioning <laughs> law enforcement these days. Yeah, arrested and thrown in jail. For ch- what the fuck? That's kind of both mad and, and a little bit racist all, <laughs> all at once. What? Okay, the open borders, South America, Middle East, Congo. What? <laughs> Okay, and the other one, they don't want to lose their family, so there's two there. Oh, see, I, I'm a bit suspicious of migrant because I think that's too clever by half for him. But that escalation, lose the families, sons, daughters, houses, pensions, <laughs> all of that, that's seems like a, a a fake escalation okay so i'm gonna uh, i yeah i'm gonna chance my arm and say that bygrant is too big of a joke for for trump to have thought up okay so of the other and, two yeah yeah which are you more convinced by more convinced weirdly by the congo one Okay. Because it's, it's, it's got lies about crime and racism <laughs> in there. I think that's probably, yeah, I think that's probably true. Okay. Yeah. And number three. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Fake news. I've done it. Whoa, I've broken my streak. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> Because so, the other one, Jesus Christ, that means yes, bikers real. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, okay. Oh, so, yeah, nice it's been, work. It's been seven months since what? I've won one. <laughs> Sounds like a Sinead O'Connor finally, song. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was the least. That was the that well, the was, most yeah. most innocuous one. The least ocuous one. <laughs> wow. Oh, uh, look at that. Yeah, the thing I took from. Uh, reality Real- reality are we calling Trump's speeches yeah. reality <laughs> yeah um, actual recorded stuff yeah is, is he has recently claimed I think it was just the other day he claimed that lots of people from Congo were coming over the the border huh? and, right. and that they'd all just been let off prison <laughs> oh right <laughs> okay uh, right well that yeah. was the, weirdly that was the, the most bizarre bit 
because uh, I thought it was so weird, random country to just pick. Yeah, out of the blue, but yeah, 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 that, yeah. That escalation from I can't <laughs> believe the numbers is like a rocket ship. That's I don't know, very Trump-like. <laughs> so we, oh, wow. uh, that means that uh, number one, seven months. I can't right? believe that. That's yeah. amazing. So it is amazing. Well, it's a very impressive run. Well done. Uh, so well right. done, well done you for for that right. length of time. <laughs> But yeah, so number one is is no. real. What's happening with crime is it's through the roof, and it's called migrant. I call it a new category. I just came up with that name, but I think it's appropriate. It's a new category of crime, where they go and they beat up police officers. You've seen that. They go and they stab people, hurt people, shoot people. It's a whole new form, and they have gangs now that are making our games look like small potatoes. Okay, because Joe Biden allowed this to happen. We will call it from now on. Biden migrant crime, okay? It's migrant crime. This is, we'll call it, I got it, migrant. Let's call it migrant. Biden crime. Bi- oh, that's good. That's smart. <laughs> <laughs> why, why did he go migrant and then Biden crime? I don't know. Why didn't he go brime? I think or- that, that is... When the first time he said migrant was a mistake, he was trying to say right. Biden migrant, yeah. and then he right. thought, yeah, oh, yeah. that's even better than Biden oh, migrant crime." Yeah. <laughs> so we we'll call it migrant, and then and then failed to realise uh-huh. what the the portmanteau word was. Yeah, that's then a big pause. That's smart. Yeah, yeah. But what? It's just a whole new category of of, of culture wars, isn't it? Let's just make up stuff. Yeah, they go. They it's a new category of crime where they go and beat up police officers. That's never happened before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the history of policing, where but it's, police but it's specifically migrants targeted. doing it. Yeah, They're, yeah, uh, yeah. See it all over the place. And then, he, and then um, he says, "You've seen that because <laughs> that that just plays into yeah your worst nightmares, your uh, your prejudices are being played out. You've seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course yeah. you have. Of course you have. Everyone knows. Everyone. Knows. Yeah, yeah." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course, that means that number two is also real. No. Our Democrat run cities are really going to hell. They're going to hell. When you look at stores being looted by hundreds of people that run into the stores and run out with television sets, and our great policemen aren't allowed to do anything they want to, but they're not allowed. They don't want to lose their families. They don't want to lose their sons and daughters and their houses and their pensions and all of that. And they could stop it very quickly. And uh, we just allow them to roam in and roam out. Everybody's out there. You have you have cameras. These same cameras are out there shooting these people ro- walking out with television sets. And they could stop it very quickly. They just allow them to roam in and roam out. Everybody's out there. You have cameras. These same cameras. Which same, same the same cameras? ones that are filming him yeah. at his rally. Oh, like oh the same, okay. Not the same the cameras that media. the people are walking yeah, in and yeah. stealing. Oh, okay. No, he's pointing they're at the sure press you. and suggesting right. they, they're watching it happen. They don't give a shit. Yeah. 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 So yeah. for about a year now, mm-hmm. he's been talking about these huge packs of criminals. Right. Yeah. Running into department roaming, stores, roaming killing in. people. <laughs> Literally, right. he said, he's been saying since January of last year, large groups of criminals killing people, robbing everything, um, yeah. and, and then leaving. And the police can't do anything about it. They're not allowed to. Right. I haven't got a right. fucking clue where he's no. getting that from. 
No. From context clues and other stuff he's talked about, about wanting to indemnify the police, mm-hmm. the stuff about them losing their families, their sons and daughters, their pensions, their houses and everything, he's talking about people like Derek Chauvin, who get prosecuted right. for killing people. Right, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and well, that he yeah. wants to stop <laughs> that yeah. happening. He wants yeah. to, he doesn't, he's fine with the killing, he doesn't want mm-hmm. them to be prosecuted and lose their, their stuff yeah. and their yeah. families and their freedom. As a result of... So police should yeah. should essentially be allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. They shouldn't have ever any consequences for any of that. That's his plan. Mm. And and he's characterizing that as if police try and arrest someone they've just seen kill someone and steal a television set, yeah. then they get arrested. They'll get yeah, they'll get all their freedom yeah. taken away. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. fucking insane. Does anybody have a television set anymore? Because <laughs> that just kind of it conjures up big Bakelite square things. Well, well, so, one of it, our one of our social contestants on Facebook, Richard right? Thunder Hopkins, makes yeah. exactly that point. Aha! Uh-huh. He, yeah. he says, I, I, I have to say, uh, number two is fake only because of the use of the words television set. It sounds stupid <laughs> these days. It's right out of bullseye. In one, yeah. a lovely remote control colour television set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's like politicians in the UK... Talking about widescreen television. Yeah. yeah. That's a mark of how common people are because they will buy a widescreen television rather than feed their children. Yeah. So we ought not to feed them in order to encourage them to not buy a widescreen yeah, television. Yeah, they should you be. You can't get, you can't they get, they should a be square. eating beans and watching a yeah. four by three <laughs> cathode <laughs> ray set. You can't <laughs> get those anymore. Widescreen <laughs> tellies are all you can get. That's it, yeah. It all went over to widescreen, oh, I don't know, 2004, my first widescreen telly. But then it got to the point where you couldn't have a bigger screen because the the depth of the television then to shift the cathode ray <laughs> yeah. ended up being longer than the room. So Yeah, yeah I so almost that's... killed myself trying to get a 42-inch cathode yeah. ray. <laughs> <laughs> Telly into my house. shelf. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, had to, had to live in the back of the box. There was no other room. Uh-huh. Also on Facebook, yeah, Molly Oliver mm-hmm. uh, correctly said three is fake because it's too cogent. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, see, I didn't go along with that. I went with one is fake because it's completely mad. Yeah. Uh, oh, Anders what? on uh, Patreon yeah. agrees three, solely based right. on my disbelief that he would use Congo instead of Africa. Um, oh. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So, yep, but yep, there yep. he has been. I don't about think Congo. he thinks Congo is in Africa. I think he thinks That's a good point. Congo is just <laughs> east of anyway. Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Scott yeah. agrees that number three is made up. Uh, says I doubt he he knows there's a place called Congo. Right. Um, number one sounds Trumpish. Lots of mixed up words, jumbled syntax, and utter absence of any semblance of a coherent thought process. <laughs> <laughs> like number three is uh-huh. right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Will says number one. Yeah. It portrays him oh, as somewhat as a uh, somewhat of a sense of self awareness. He doesn't possess that particular human capability, and I don't think that tiny-handed yeah. Bulgarian is that witty. Yes, and mm. yes. Well, that was my yeah, and the fact that he's listening to what he's saying. Yeah, and, and although we do hear that a lot, don't we? When he's he says a thing, yeah. and then and then yeah, he'll process up, yeah. the thing he just said, and think, oh yeah, no, that was a very smart thing yeah. I just heard myself yeah. say. Yeah, for the. <laughs> So, <laughs> exactly, but the fact that he pauses to say, uh-huh. "Oh, that's smart. oh, that's good." That's when it smart. isn't, it isn't. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, but he's taken time out to congratulate uh-huh. himself yeah, yeah. on on stumbling into a 
portmanteau word. So Kaz Tui on Patreon says, this is a new level of Trump hell. The fact he said two of these and probably some of the third is diabolical. Um, Have heard him say something about all three. So number two, based Mm -hmm. on I thought he had mentioned looters were stealing fridges. Which, again, he has uh, another right. point. He's talked about yeah. people stealing fridges. Widescreen fridges. Yeah. 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 Rene says, I will agree with Anders. Number three is fake. Uh, if Trump said Congo, he would have said the Congo, because that's what we learned back when he was in school. Right. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> True. Point. Yeah. 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 Although, again, he's he's been talking about Congo. Uh, yeah. uh, Invisible Unicorn. I feel like I can hear his voice and cadence in my head when reading through one and two, so I'm going with number two is fake. Um, though the right. Congo argument is apt. Criminy, mm. did I fall through a wormhole to another dimension? Millions of thinking people think this goon makes sense. How does any of this make sense? <laughs> Let's see, where's that blue pill? You can, you can hear the, the spiralling despair there, can't you? Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, I'm so sorry. We unleashed it on everybody. Every and finally... Time. Yeah. Uh, one-eyed Nick says, uh, Trump can't say systematically, don't be daft, three is fake. So, ah, you yeah. see, now you've all said it, <laughs> makes perfect sense. Ah, I fell for the, that one's obviously, he's not smart enough for that, let's go for that. Turns out he's just in cognitive decline, which I've forgotten to factor in yeah. with with Bygrant. That was quite recent, and I wonder if he's right. going to start trotting that out now that he's come up with it. Now that he's come up with it. I wonder if he's going yeah, to start yeah, yeah. using bigrant crime. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. he'll need to explain its origin every time. Each and every time. Because yeah. it doesn't make sense because on his own. Because he's not self-explanatory, <laughs> like all good you know, portmanteau uh-huh. words. Damn it. So, yeah. yeah, that was very enjoyable. But damn, I could, could have got 70 yeah. then. Yeah, not that sadly. That mean anything, no, but, still stuck uh, on 69. Nice. God damn. So it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called $355 million is not a logical fallacy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because this section seems to be becoming what has gone badly for Trump in court this week. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Which I'm okay with. I am fine with that. I'm quite liking it. Yeah. 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 We should, we, it should sustain us for the next 91 (laughs) episodes. I think we'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so the main yep. thing we're going to talk about is the uh, the huge, although predicted by by me and others, fine that oh. he has been required to mm. pay by by Judge Arthur Engeron. Yep. in the civil fraud case. Yeah, where Donald Jr. and Eric and he and Alan Weisselberg mm-hmm. have all been required to to put up some money. Um, his his two sons have been fined around four. Four million each, I think. Wow. Uh, Weisselberg's yep. been fined a million, and Trump has been fined three hundred and fifty-four point nine well, million. Yeah, just to keep it under the three fifty-five, which is quite a lot of money. Yes, yes. Given that he says he's worth a fortune, yeah, it's actually quite a large chunk of that fortune. It is that so he's going to have to find in order to pay it. Yes. How's he um, going to do that? I mean, that's Where's a great question. From? I mean, we we talk, we questioned that with mm. just the eighty three million. Yeah, that he has to pay uh, E. Jean Carroll. Yeah, and the same same things come into play really because in in order to appeal this, mm-hmm. he has quite a limited amount of time to pay either the full amount to the court, yeah, or to pay a ten percent bond to a bond company which is prepared to put up 
$350 million. Yeah, yeah. but wouldn't they take 10%? Yeah, they, they well, would he would, yeah, pay, he'd pay $35 million to them and he wouldn't get that back. And that's their payment for putting, for up kind of the, taking the risk the, on him, essentially. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, I don't think a lot of bond companies. There's a lot of takers. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know how many have that kind of money because mm. that's a fuck ton of money. Uh, yeah, because it was all. It was a. It was a question with the eighty-three yeah. that we were talking yeah. about. So he's already going to be limited to, uh, to the ones that he can go to, and then yeah. those ones who presumably have done quite well for themselves by making good decisions. Uh, then would yeah. have to decide. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. he's probably yeah. good for it when it's Trump. Yeah. So yeah, exactly, and also that they would want to be the bond company that associates yeah. themselves with Trump. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. people in the future would say, "Yeah, did you think that you were going to get that back?" <laughs> he is going to appeal, but the question yeah. will yeah. be how he manages to swing that because he uh, he does doesn't he still have... have to pay a, a, a kind of good faith payment even if he appeals well he has What's to pay the, the he has to pay that money essentially he has to either get the bond or pay the full amount for an appeal to go forward so we can't oh, actually okay. do that. yeah oh wow yeah 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 so then he might get it all back yeah if he wins the appeal then or he would not. get it back yeah. he won't win the appeal obviously yeah. no 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 so he can't <laughs> so he can't actually delay having to do the payment he has 30 days to do that from the right. the date of the ruling. So, yeah. I mean, does he have 354 million cash, like liquid assets? Yeah. Probably not. You see, if he'd left the EU, you could get that every week, give that to the NHS. That's exactly the same, yeah. <laughs> same thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, another bunch of liars talking about <laughs> sums of money. And the yeah. other aspect of this is that it's not just the money. Um, initially, mm. the the... Um, ruling that the judge made before the case uh, even started, when he said, "You know, he clearly committed crimes. We are, yeah. we're, we're just figuring we're just out gonna, how much." Yeah, yeah. He said he was going to take away the their New York business certificate, and they would have to dissolve right. the Trump organization. So uh, that that yeah. he's walked yeah. back. He said, "We're not going to do that." But he's not allowed to do any mm-hmm. business in New York for three years. So why did he not go through with that? Partly because that that was the thing that was most likely to get overturned on appeal. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that yeah. would be the kind of yeah. thing that the, uh, an appeals court might say. Well, you know, taking away uh, his ability for life, yeah, might might be yeah. too much. Mm-hmm. So I think that by redressing that himself, rather than being overturned by a higher court, he's showing that he has taken it into account and been been more thoughtful about it, and yeah. therefore that is likely to make the higher courts think you know this isn't an unreasonable thing um the other thing is that with these kinds of fines this is uh subject to interest as well so unless he pays it immediately yeah interest accrues on a daily basis oh my god so if he requires an appeal and loses the appeal the amount of time that takes to play out is not something he probably wants to delay too much because right um there have been estimates that yeah. that could add another hundred million to the amount of money he personally yeah, yeah. owes. But will he also, if he doesn't have that kind of cash on hand and he can't get a bond company to take it up, will he be able to liquidate enough assets mm. in time? Because yep. he also has restrictions on what he's allowed to do through his businesses 
He has a, an independent monitor right. uh, attached to the Trump organization who yep. is also, she's allowed to hire someone to work for her and the, and the Trump organization has to pay them a salary. Right. And they get basically right. get to decide anything that go, comes in or goes out or any financial documents, any financial decisions, mm. they, they say yes or no to. Oh, so okay. he can't so he, just he can't just fold a bit a thing and sell a building yeah. or close down a golf course or they've got to okay They have that. to say yes or no to it. So that's going to make it harder wow. for him to yeah. do anything that might be a little bit dodgy in order to get yeah. the money to appeal the dodgy stuff he's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there are checks and balances in place <laughs> to prevent uh-huh. him from doing that. In Monopoly if you run out of money, mm. you can just mortgage one of your properties, can't you? Oh, yeah. There um, you go. So, yeah. uh, and Mar-a-Lago is worth $1.5 billion, according to him. Yeah. So just, surely... Just turn that over and Surely he'd be able to get yeah. a $350 million mortgage on Mar-a-Lago. But then they want That's some nothing. sort of guarantee that he'd be able to pay it back. Well, then, if you don't pay your mortgage, you, they take your property, don't they? So, yeah. So that's the, what yeah. the loan would be against. Yeah. So, yeah, um, all he needs to do all, is convince a bank those... that... Yeah. Oh, hang on a minute. Isn't that the thing he's just been found <laughs> civilly liable for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he might have some difficulty. It's a yeah. lot so more, what do you need this money yeah. for? Well. <laughs> yeah. Try, yeah. You know I told Banks thing, my yeah. Mar-a-Lago was worth way it's more worth than it was money. so that I could get loans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so could you just give me a... So I've been found guilty of doing that. So I've got to pay off a fine as a result. So... Given that this is worth four billion dollars, <laughs> could you just loan me three hundred fifty? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Plus the added bonus of lots of classified Absolutely. documents. Yeah, in the yeah. in the bathrooms, they've yeah. got to be worth something. They'll be up surely. on eBay by the end of the week. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cool. It's secret. Yeah, it's been uh-huh. in Mar-a-Lago's bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, but your own piece of Trump. Of course, that's trash. not the only thing that's gone badly for Trump in court uh, these right. two weeks. We've yep. also had uh, the DC Appeals Court mm-hmm. ruling that he is not immune yeah. from all the stuff he claimed he was immune, was immune from. From yeah, uh, which is quite reasonable because obviously he isn't. And uh, yeah. they they <laughs> yeah. they pointed he's out not a God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They pointed out that presidents do not have unbounded authority to commit crimes. <laughs> that's excellent uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that shouldn't need a court to say but no, that's right yeah or somebody's just kind of pointing out yeah this this is kind of a conclusion you know it's like a it, yeah if, if things were to escalate this would be where it would go so and we think that giving you yeah so if you think you're me no can't you can't do that? <laughs> you can't just come in crying to get away with it. No, yeah. not having that. Thank no, they you. said it. They said it would be a striking paradox if the president, who alone is vested with the constitutional duty to take care that the laws be faithfully executed, were the mm. sole officer capable of defying those laws with impunity. Nice. That's uh, so it was a really who nice. Says ruling. the Americans don't do irony. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they also made it clear, this three-judge panel on the DC Appeals Court, that mm-hmm. if he were to appeal on bonk to the whole appeals court, they would right. also turn it down. He will not win an appeal. That doesn't mean he can't wow. appeal. 
yeah to, but but, but it's he's not and Might well not. I, I i may have overstated i think what they specifically said is it won't delay anything that you know anything oh, that, okay. that would yeah that would be continuing now in lieu of a Supreme Court appeal would mm-hmm. is still fully able to continue, and that yeah. that's been read to mean yeah, that won't make it. You're not going to win. You're not going to win if you go on bonk. Yeah. So yeah, um, he is obviously going to appeal that to the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he already has actually, and um, so they will. They haven't yet said whether they will um, the the grant kind of cert they ought to, to that. At. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. So that that requires four justices to to agree to look at it. Mm-hmm. It would require five to rule that he is immune. Immune um, from all from, of those from all things prosecution. that people have pointed out. Yeah. Um, and it may be that there are enough judges to say, "Yeah, we'll look at it," but not enough to rule in his favour. It may be yeah. that the ones who think they should look at it will see that they're not going to win. The the our immunity argument because it's a fucking stupid yeah. argument yeah um but <laughs> yeah. arguably it is a a situation which hasn't been established by the supreme court in the past it's a right i think they call it a matter of first impression or at least mm-hmm. it was when it was looked at by the by the appeals court and i wonder also whether they think it's it they might think that it's a time-limited gamble because ultimately trump will die but if they put that in place would that apply to all presidents so yeah, yeah, it would be that would be a ruling that a president is um, right. is immune if they decided yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what what happens with that. They may decide that they're going to grant cert and uh, so that they can rubber stamp the, the lower court's decision and it, it right. then has more authority. Yeah. Um, and there's no question about that. Uh, I don't know what the mm. what they'll decide mm. on that. Mm. But they the DC Appeals Court decision goes to some length to use the word officer a lot when it talks about the. the president which factors into the 14th amendment case one of the questions under which is is the president an officer of the united states Mm. that's something that supreme court heard oral arguments about a week and a half ago that ruling probably won't come down for a little while yet but they do that live you can hear the audio live right um and so people listened in and felt that they seemed to be leaning towards putting him back on the ballot in Colorado and Maine and arguing not necessarily that he didn't commit insurrection, but partly that maybe the president isn't an officer of the court. Also, maybe the 14th Amendment, Section 3, I think it is, isn't self-executing. So it it only prevents someone from being on the ballot if Congress decides that. Right. I think when we originally talked about this, I, I said mm. that might be the thing that they rely on because it goes mm. back to, to an, a very old case decided by Judge Salmon. The other aspect of it was they what they seemed to be asking most about was, you know, does it seem fair that one state can decide who gets to be president? And although that's, that might not be, you know, in this case, Colorado or Maine, because Colorado yeah. was going to go for, for Biden anyway, yeah. this allows other states that might, have an impact on the actual outcome of the election to prevent him from being on their ballots. Right. So right. so so should that power be with the individual states or should it be a federal decision to allow him on ballots or not? Mm. The other question mm. that was being asked and talked about was does the 14th amendment actually prevent him from being on the ballot or does it just prevent him from taking office if he were to win? Right. 
So there's a theory that if that's the thing that they come down on, that he could be allowed to be on the ballot, he could win the election, and then the Supreme Court could go, oh, but you can't actually be president. No. (laughs) Which, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't think they'd step in at that point. Because that's going, yeah, no. Because that would be open to all sorts of appeals, wouldn't it? On the part of... Yeah, why did you let go through all of that stuff? Because you can't, because standing, yeah. you can stand, like an under 35 yeah. year old or a non citizen could stand yeah. for election. Yeah, yeah. People probably wouldn't vote for them because they would know yeah. that they wouldn't be allowed to be president. Like but, Schwarzenegger could never be yeah. president. Yeah. He's right wing gun toting enough to. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't but no, born. Because he was. No, he's, he, was he wasn't, he's not a born Germany, citizen. So. He's, yeah. 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 Born in Austria, I think, but I could be wrong. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, also, <laughs> in this two-week period since our last episode, there's yeah. been shenanigans in the Fulton County case Oh yeah, yeah. with Fonnie Willis and Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade having to answer questions about their personal relationship, yeah. which, according to them, started after he was um, hired to work on the case. Yeah. According to one of Fonnie Willis's former co-workers who... Maybe has an axe to grind because mm-hmm. she was she was arguably fired from her office. It started before uh, Wade was right. fired, and yep. so the, there's question over whether that means that this is an inappropriate relationship or that there's some kind of mm-hmm. impropriety going on. Also, whether Fonnie Willis has kind of financially benefited directly by hiring someone who might have been her boyfriend at the time and then had been on trips with him and stuff like that. So obviously they're asking lots of personal questions about this couple's relationship. They're not actually a couple anymore. Um, Their relationship ended, according to them, kind of around June last year. I mean, it doesn't go against all of the crimes that Trump committed. No, it has nothing to do with any of that. No, and it doesn't cast any doubt on their ability to... Try that according not really, to the letter no. of the law. No, it it is it's not great. It's it gives mm. it gives the other side something to argue about and something to, yeah, to yeah, claim yeah. is unfair or something like that. It's yeah. um and and I don't know what's gonna happen with it. Judge McAfee, mm. who has been asked who's been kind of presiding over the, the hearing about it, has said that there's a potential argument that depending on the situation she could be disqualified from prosecuting the case like her office right. that doesn't mean the yep. case wouldn't be prosecuted necessarily yep. it goes back to a higher authority who then gets to assign a new prosecutor or prosecuting county to to prosecute and obviously they would have access to the work product that was done by funny willis's yeah so a lot of people have said you know this this would mean that they'd be starting from scratch again and it throws everything backwards it doesn't really. It means no. that it would take time for that other office to get up to speed on everything. Yeah. But a lot, all of that material has been um, developed, and there's no um, fruit of the poisonous tree arguments here that that there's they've done anything that would taint yeah, that yeah, evidence yeah. in any way. Yeah. We've also just quickly yeah. got March 25th will be now the date of his first criminal trial starting uh-huh. because right. Judge Marchin in New York has mm-hmm. has dismissed the kind of final 
attempts to either dismiss the case or delay, delay it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, originally, because the DC case right. was originally set for March 4th, and people were saying, including Trump's lawyers, that that doesn't give them enough time to then mm-hmm. be in the New York trial, which is yep. the, the hush money case, the, the Stormy Daniels hush money case, for March 25th. Right. Judge Merchan uh, said, no, we're sticking with 25th for now. Let's see what happens. And mm-hmm. during that period, Judge Chutkan in D.C. postponed her trial because of the unresolved immunity hearings that could affect right. her case. So because that's been postponed, right. there's now plenty of time for Aha. the uh, New York trial to happen. Right. Uh, yep. So that will, will happen now March 25th, and that will be his first criminal trial. And finally, mm-hmm. in Florida, Judge Eileen Cannon, who has been quite pro-Trump in a lot of her rulings, has shot down his latest attempt at further delaying that and postponing right. pre-trial deadlines and kept those deadlines at uh, February 22nd. So all pre-trial motions now have to be in by by February 22nd, which was her original deadline. There was yep. some consideration that that she would extend that she'd been asked to extend it by trump's lawyers but she said no what what i'll do is i'll keep the deadline of the 22nd but if there's another 11th hour thing that happens after that that you can prove it means it's necessary to give me a new pre-trial motion after that right. i'll consider it right but absent that 22nd of february yeah. is, is your last day so that suggests Excellent. that she's at least prepared to to let the case move forward because she could have delayed it and yeah yeah it would have been let one of the less unreasonable things she's done right <laughs> so does that mean we could put out the uh the tour t-shirt no now? not yet because because now <laughs> the yeah. the uh judge chuck and trial in dc has been postponed and hasn't been given a new date and we still don't have a date for the fulton county trial so uh, i think we should just fill in the blanks <sighs> with question marks or tba or something like that because it's a brilliant show. It's a great show, but well, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn being a completist. <laughs> and finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. Special counsel Robert Hur's report on Biden's handling of classified documents was released last week. The executive summary begins, we conclude that no criminal charges are warranted in this matter. We would reach the same conclusion even if Department of Justice policy did not foreclose criminal charges against a sitting president. The report continues... Our investigation uncovered evidence that President Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen, but then goes into detail about how there's insufficient evidence to prove he did it willfully, citing multiple plausible innocent explanations they could not refute, and setting out the significant material differences between his actions and Trump's, saying specifically... Unlike the evidence involving Mr. Biden, the allegations set forth in the indictment of Mr. Trump, if proven, would present serious aggravating facts. Of course, that's not been the focus of reporting or of the GOP's reaction, because Her also decided to include his opinions on Biden's mental faculties, calling him a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. This is somewhat outside the scope of the special counsel's job which is why Robert Mueller's report didn't say, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate the weird, smelly, orange, narcissistic, pathological liar. 
The media leapt on the shocking revelation that Biden sometimes forgets stuff, with a renewed round of stories asking if Biden is too old to be president, while conveniently ignoring the alternative is Trump, whose brain is like a steel trap which rusted shut 20 years ago and got repeatedly shat on by all the creatures of the forest. Republicans took an already partisan report, ignored its findings and mischaracterised it to claim it said Biden was either mentally unfit to stand trial or too stupid to commit a crime, ironically using the exact reason that Mueller declined to prosecute Don Jr. Fortunately, this doesn't seem likely to make much of a difference with voters because none of the 81 million people who voted for Biden in 2020 are shocked to discover he's old. And they've all heard of Trump. A morning consult poll taken after the report was released found 68% of voters think Biden is too old to be president. That's the same number as previous polls. Hmm. When you're feeling a bit low because you didn't get a message of love on Valentine's Day from, say, the candidate that wanted to replace expelled George Santos but failed to get elected, Democrat Tom Swartzey defeated Republican Mazzy Pillip in a Tuesday special election to fill the vacancy left by Santos in New York's 3rd Congressional District. Perhaps you should start February 14th like Trump did by bemoaning that if only Philip had given him more love in the form of an endorsement of him. In true Valentine spirit, he thus called her a foolish woman, telling her she knew nothing about modern politics, shouting on Trump's social MAGA, which is most of the Republican Party, stayed home and it always will unless it's treated with the respect that it deserves. I stayed out of the race. I want to be loved. Give us a real candidate in the district for November. I want to be loved? Mm, what a giveaway. He didn't forget about Melania, of course, emailing a heartfelt, intimate love note to her titled, Send Your Love! And after a few endearments someone wrote for him, he signed it informally and coquettishly, Donald J. Trump, in case she didn't know it was from him. <laughs> she should have known, because at the bottom, a link says, please leave some kind words for the First Lady this Valentine's Day, which takes you to a fundraising page where you can donate to Trump's campaign. Well, when the First Lady doesn't even appear in the Christmas Trump family photo, I guess you can grift her for all you're worth, eh, Donnie? Which actually is not so much these days. <laughs> One great example of actually playing politics is impeaching an official who hasn't committed any high crimes or misdemeanours and who definitely won't be convicted by the Senate. Like, say, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who House Republicans claim failed in his role of securing the southern border. Their attempt to impeach him for this was pretty much simultaneously with their committed votes against funding border security measures mm -hmm. in case it made Biden look good. They first tried to vote for impeachment on February 7th and thought that they were going to win by one vote until Democrat Congressman Hero Al Green from Texas showed up in hospital scrubs in a wheelchair, having just had abdominal surgery to cast the tying vote, 215 to 215. A weird House rule means that any issues that result in a tie cannot then be brought up for another vote until the next session of Congress, which in this instance would be next January. So a Republican mm. congressman changed their vote to no, because if they lose, they get another go, which is fucked up. Anyway, they had another go last week. And thanks to a northeastern storm affecting some members' travel and the return of Steve Scalise from his cancer treatment, they won 214 to 213. A completely pointless victory because they don't have the votes in the Senate to convict. And it's not even clear that Senate Republicans are bothered enough to hold a hearing. So this may be dealt with by a simple vote to dismiss, which only needs a simple majority.
I'm kind of hoping the hearing does go ahead because House Speaker Mike Johnson named Marjorie Taylor Greene and Clay Higgins as impeachment managers, which means they would essentially be prosecuting the case against Mayorkas and they'd be up against non-crazy people with law degrees. So I'd be making popcorn. That is so good, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. There was the thing about having a fool for a client. Someone who who, Someone who represents himself has a fool yeah. for a client. Well, yeah. I mean, it can't be worse than being yeah. represented by Marjorie Taylor <laughs> fucking Green. <laughs> yeah, impeachment managers. Fantastic. In a mad ignorance and spite fueled pronouncement that will not have endeared into anyone, except perhaps the hoodlums in the Kremlin, who prospect as much as you like DJT are never going to let you join the dictators club you're so desperate to be part of, Trump invited Russia to do whatever the hell they want to any NATO country that doesn't pay enough. In a considered evaluation of the underlying tenet of the NATO agreement that each nation undertakes to protect every other member nation, he said, yeah, fuck it, unless you pay your way, we're going to fling you to the wolves. No, better yet, bad guys, just come get them. We ain't going to do nothing because they're cheapskates who leached off us all this time. Of course, as Biden and many other NATO allies pointed out, this just gives carte blanche to Putin-style psychos to carry on doing more Ukraine-style things across the globe with impunity. Trump, of course, has completely misunderstood A, how NATO is funded. NATO has a target that each member country spends a minimum of 2% of GDP on defence, and most countries are not meeting that target. But the figure's a guideline, not a binding contract, nor does it create bills. Member countries haven't been failing to pay their share of NATO's common budget to run the organisation. And B, that his words are very powerful. Despite him saying one endorsement from him could have won Matsy Pillip that election, if only she'd been deferential enough, he doesn't think his words have consequences beyond Putin now probably considering him best buds. There used to be a slogan during the 90s promoting information about HIV AIDS. Don't die of ignorance. Let's hope we don't at the hand of Trump's. And let's hope Trump does. Yep, yeah, we can legally hope that. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked before about James Comer's obsessive campaign against Joe and Hunter Biden and his uncanny ability to step on rakes wherever he goes in the search for evidence of the Biden crime family. One of the keystones of their evidence that sleepy old cognitively impaired Joe is also a corrupt criminal mastermind raking in cash from all four corners of the globe in a web of villainy was the 2020 claim by an unnamed FBI source that Burisma executives told him they had paid Joe and Hunter $5 million each for protection and that they felt coerced into the payment. Typically, when a single individual makes a potentially libelous claim about someone else, rather than announce it publicly or launch an impeachment investigation, the pragmatic thing to do would be to seek some kind of corroboration, ideally from multiple sources. So, of course, what James Comer did was the exact opposite of that and immediately started telling everyone who would listen about the smoking gun he'd uncovered and how it definitely proved Biden was the godfather. That unnamed FBI source now has a name. Alexander Smirnoff, which we know because he's just been indicted by a Los Angeles grand jury for lying to the FBI. The lying question, according to the charging documents, occurred in 2020 and concerned a prominent political figure and his son. Despite this, Comer's impeachment investigation will continue because there are always more rakes to step on. Because <laughs> you can walk backwards on them, you can walk <laughs> forwards, yeah. 
On February the 6th, a group of families met to lobby senators on issues affecting the local transgender community in Georgia. 65-year-old Republican Senator Cardin Summers, the primary sponsor of the state's bathroom ban bill, walked by a mother and her children whilst they waited to meet with Democrat Senator Kim Jackson, a staunch supporter of LGBTQ plus rights. Cardin spoke with Lena Kotler, the mother, and her eight-year-old Alex about that they were there to talk to legislators about keeping our kids safe. And Cardin knelt down in front of Alex and said, according to Kotler, well, you know, we're working on that and I'm going to protect kids like you. Kotler then replied, yeah, Alex is trans and she wants to be safe at school. She wants to go to the bathroom and be safe. That is when, according to multiple witnesses, Senator Summers stood up and fumbled his words, repeating, I mean, I mean yeah, I'm, I'm going to make sure she's safe uh, by going to the right bathroom. Continuing to use the correct pronouns for Alex. Note, I mentioned Carden's age because he looks like a grown-up and everything. Well, an adult. Because when asked if he would make her go to a boy's bathroom, he then allegedly backed away saying, you're attacking me, turned around and walked off quickly. This exactly encapsulates the issue of why anti-trans bills that ban transgender people from public spaces that match their gender identity have proven ineffectual in the past. In numerous hearings over bathroom bans, transgender people often point out that cisgender individuals cannot always tell who is and is not trans. If the actual guy who wrote the actual bill can't actually tell who's supposed to use what bathroom, then how, why, you know, just like, what the fuck? And speaking of what the fuck, what the fuck does it matter? I bet Carden uses the same bathroom his wife and daughter does inside his house. Oh, go away. My family won't stop attacking me. (laughs) When Republicans claim that fetuses are children, it may seem like just an excuse to control women's bodies, albeit one debunked by simply pointing out that eggs aren't chickens. But they are determined to double down any chance they get. In Alabama, a patient in a mobile fertility clinic somehow accessed the area where frozen embryos are stored and accidentally destroyed three specimens. The all-Republican Alabama Supreme Court just ruled that the prospective parents can sue the clinic for wrongful death because frozen embryos are children. Weird methodology, but I can't say I hate the fact that the couples might get some compensation for the clinic's shoddy security. However, in Missouri, the Department of Transport is taking the argument even further in order to avoid a wrongful death suit of their own. In November of 2021, highway workers James Brooks and Caitlin Anderson were struck by a vehicle on Interstate 270 and killed. Caitlin was six months pregnant with a son who she planned to call Jax. The Department of Transport was supposed to have a protective truck in place but did not, so Caitlin's family sued for wrongful death. However, as an employee of the state, Caitlin's case would fall under workers' compensation laws rather than wrongful death, and workers' comp wouldn't pay because it doesn't cover unmarried people without dependents. So the family tried to sue the DOT for wrongful death of her unborn baby Jax. Missouri's state legislature being very red, the DOT didn't make the argument that Jax wasn't a person yet. They went another very different way. They claimed he was also a state employee. Hmm? A Missouri Supreme Court trial is set for March. Okay. (laughs) No one's kind of questioning why are they employing somebody who is less than not even born? Surely child labour laws come into play. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. One Republican legislator in Missouri pointed out that if this is the case, then surely all pregnant state workers should 
apply for two salaries. Exactly, yeah. yes. So here in the UK, February didn't start so well for Keir Starmer and the Labour Party, heading into three by-elections with the possibility of demolishing some more of the Blue Wall in the north of England in Rochdale, Kingswood and Wellingborough by overturning Tory majorities. The then Labour's Rochdale candidate, Azar Ali, embraced conspiracy theories that Israel allowed the 7th October attacks to happen and made accusations about Jewish influence in the media. A problem for Starmer, who so proudly expelled the likes of Corbyn over charges of anti-Semitism, and because Starmer had accepted Ali's apology rather than fling him out of the party and have to get another candidate. After several ructions from within the party, he was expelled, but too late for Labour to stand another candidate. They now have the nightmare possibility of Ali winning as an independent. However, February didn't continue well for Sunak, who lost both by-elections in Kingswood and Wellingborough, Wellingborough by a swing to Labour greater than any in any election since the 1940s, trying to remain cheery and blaming it on no incumbent government does well in midterm elections, even though it's an election year and not the middle by at least two leaders, <laughs> Sunak talked about having a plan again, though the plan doesn't seem to include winning elections. Meanwhile, in the House of Lords, despite Rishi seemingly having no idea what the will of the people is, he has warned the House of Lords not to defy that will and pass the Rwanda bill as they scrutinise slash tear it to pieces. They are being asked to say that Rwanda is safe now. But the government representative, Lord Stewart of Dalton, was asked if the Rwanda government are working towards putting safeguards in place. That means they're not currently in place. Is that correct? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. To which he replied, it must do. So not safe now. And when your own team kind of start admitting defeat, it's time to check it in. Are you beginning to get the message, Rishi? Any message? Hello, Rishi. Can can you hear us? <laughs> yeah, it's time to go, son. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid or want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or simply tell one other person in person about how much they'd like our podcast. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our newest patrons, Steeler Post, our strawman level patrons, Will M, Scott, Ozzy Unbank, Laura Tomzik, Renee Zed, Schmutz, Mark Reiki, and Amber R. Buchanan, who told us when we met her at QED, we can just call her Amber, though another listener recognised her at QED this year because we keep using her full name all the time. And our true Scotsman level patrons, Melissa Sytek, Stephen Bickle, Janet Luetta, Andrew Halk, and our top patron, Kaz Tui. Thank you so much for your continued and new patronage. It's really very much appreciated. Thank you. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump. And you can join our Oscars pool by going to fallaciousTrump.com slash Oscars. All music is by the outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time, our fallacious trump will leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye.